we just want to acknowledge each and every one of you that's here with us today. You know, we're continuing on uh, with our theme of Seeking the Lord for 2019. Seeking the Lord for 2019 is kind of the larger theme. I have a specific message in line with that theme that I'm doing today, but it's really, um, you'll see some things that begin to tie in truths today around seeking the Lord in this year. So I'm just excited that we're here and that we can share these kinds of truths uh, with you today. Um, so please, there's information on how you can connect with us on social media. I'm asking you to be my destiny partner. You know, I, I don't take it lightly. I don't take it as a, something that has to be. But uh, I'm looking for you to help me help others experience the difference of destiny and find the destiny path of God for their lives. Would you do that? All right. And so today we're going to talk about the dynamics of what we call covenant secrets. All right. One of the things that, you know, we've been, one of the things that we've been um, talking about is, is um, understanding um, the the need for um, us to seek God and get specific information from the word of God that can help us do the thing that we called that God has called us to do. And so um, that's the thing that I want to challenge you today is if we know how to uh, appropriate the relationship we have with him, then we can do things in a way that causes us to have inside information, right? That's the whole goal of seeking the Lord at the, at the beginning of the year is for him to give us insight on the year that only God can give us. Amen? All right. So uh, our scripture is Psalm chapter 25. We're going to read verses 12 through 15. Psalm chapter 25, verses 12 through 15. Right, And it says, who is the man that fears the Lord? Him, that man, shall he, the Lord, teach in the way that the Lord chooses. He himself, the man, shall dwell in prosperity, and his, the man's descendant, shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, the Lord, and he will show them his covenant. Then this is this last part in verse 15 um, gives us that confidence, that confidence of the deliverance that we've been talking about in our Sunday series. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Yeah. So that last verse. Um, ties us seeking the Lord, right? The first couple verses tie into us seeking the Lord, being a person that reverences God, and then God teaching us, giving us special insight and teaching that we need for what he's called us to do, us coming through situations and circumstances and coming out on the plus side. And then um, God giving us this inside information, showing us the inner workings of our covenant relationship with him, 
And then us sitting here saying, I don't know what all I'm going to have to go through, you know, to get from where I am to the deliverance that God has for me. But I'm going to just stay right here. My eyes are ever toward the Lord. I'm looking for God. And I'm confident that the deliverer is coming. confident that the deliverer is going to deliver me. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So um, we have some objectives uh, for this, this series or this service, um, this teaching. It says, number one, to evaluate with you your current level of receiving, receiving regarding, and regimenting covenant secret information that there is a level of uh, information that God makes available to us um, that we can then be sensitive to and understand that. So how good are you at receiving um, information from God? Once you receive it, how good at you are regarding it? You know, you know, Pastor David's key statement is, hallelujah, Pastor David's key statement is, um, there's a lot of names for God, but none of the names for God is the name something. A lot of times God speaks to us, and because we say something told me, it's easy to disobey something, because if it was just something, then it doesn't matter if I'm disobedient. But if it's God, then not only do I have to be able to receive the information, but I got to be able to regard it like this is God speaking to me. And then the third thing that we want to be able to do is to understand our capability to, to regiment the things that God gave for us, right? In other words, um, I want to systematically enforce obedience to the words that I have received from Lord till I get a new instruction, all right? Um, as Bishop Thompson would, would tell me as I'm talking to him about things he says, when you don't know to do, don't know what to do, do the last thing that you know to do till you get another instruction, right? What a lot of people do is they want God to give them new information and they haven't systematized or systematically acted upon the old information. When the scripture says, to whom, to him that hath shall more be given, and to him that have not, even what he has shall be taken away from him. That means the have and the have nots both have. <laughs> yeah, the have and the have nots. Yeah, yeah, I threw that one in there. The have and the have nots both have. Right? Because he that has not, even what he has will be taken from him. And so I want to be systematic about how I receive, regard, and regiment covenant secret information. Two, to empower you in the dynamics of the covenant relative to secret inside information. That the covenant that you have entitles you to God giving you certain secret information. You know, we, we talk about it this way, that the covenant that we have started with Abraham, 
and then it was enhanced in Jesus Christ. But God said, can I hide what I'm about to do from Abraham? He would not bring judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah without stopping by and telling his covenant man. Some, there was something about God's relationship with Abraham that made him have to regard him before he did something in his neighborhood. All right? So that tells you that kind of thing is clearly available to us in the covenant as well. Number three, and this is the last one, to enlist you in God's call to deliverance, discipleship, and dominion, knowing that there is enough information for you to overcome every dangerous situation, demonic strategy, and dynamic complication. So I've got to know that God is calling me to a place of deliverance. He's going to pull me out of his net. He's calling me to a place of discipleship. He'll teach me in the way that he shall choose. He's calling me to a place of dominion that I shall dwell in the prosperity and my descendants shall inherit the earth. He's calling me to that and he's giving me enough information that whatever the dangerous situation, demonic strategy or dynamic complication, because some things are fluid, they're just moving, right? And when you're in the middle of stuff and it's just moving like that, you know, God got to give you like, if, if, if stuff is happening to you real time, he got to move real time, yeah. right? You got a dynamic situation. You don't need static information. You need information that's moving just like you moving. But guess what? The Holy Ghost can move just as fast as anything that's running up against you. And he can communicate with you at the pace you need if you're reverencing him the right way. Because he has ways to teach you in the way that he chooses. All right. Okay. So, um, you know, I studied years back, the Lord really impressed upon me to do a teaching of, um, do a study on the book of Proverbs. And, um, you know, I have all these, these manuscripts somewhere around at some level, one of them called Understanding the Power and Potential of Proverbs. Um, and so that Proverbs has been a very vital study for my life. It was the thing that the Lord used to just help me understand stuff. The book of Proverbs was when I was a young man. It was for me, that was covenant secret information. All right. For me, when I was a teenager, um, you know, my parents were youth ministers and you know, there was, I hate to say it like that, there was a lot of heathen in the church. <laughs> and, um, and so a lot of them, the biggest thing they had to say was, say no to sex and drugs, and go to college. But I didn't, I didn't want sex, I didn't want drugs, and I was already preparing to go to college. So then I would say, Lord, what else do you need to teach me? Because after a while, it got boring to me. It wasn't that they weren't doing Bible ministry, but once I had gotten that, then I was like, Lord, what's next? Well, the Lord began to open up the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs to me became secret information. Like, God, I was like, really? You know, you know, it wasn't a bunch of um, things that I couldn't understand. There was parts of the Bible that I would read, and I didn't know what it meant. But it was just like, 
Proverbs was written for my teenage mind to understand that if I do these things, great stuff can happen to me for the rest of my life. It was like God opened up the book to me and showed me some things. Now, all, all proverbial literature is not in the book of Proverbs. This scripture is in the book of Psalms, but it reads like a proverb. It is a proverb because it tells you about a specific type of attitude and behavior and then tells you the outcome that goes with that specific type of attitude and behavior. Here I got a definition for what a proverb is. This is Pastor David's uh, acrostic definition. A proverb is a principle revealed, ordered, and verbalized to excel the recipient in the blessing. It's a principle that God shows you the order of it, that he reveals it to you, that he shows you how it works in order, and then he verbalizes it to you in a way that you could grasp so that if you act on it, it'll excel your life in the thing and accelerate your life in being blessed. All right? Now, that's a short definition about why Proverbs are so important, why understanding Proverbs is something that every home should do. Why? Because children, when they don't have this kind of teaching, can make dumb day decisions that limit them for the rest of their lives. And they're just teenagers doing silly, super stuff. But if they can understand this, because that's why the book of Proverbs says it helps, you know, teach the young man how to be wise and to know understanding, right? The person that's simple, it teaches you how to have a little bit of sophistication to your life, all right? So that's what Proverbs are, all right? In other words, proverbial literature is designed to enhance you experiencing covenant benefits. Our text focuses on a life that honors, respects, and reverences, and fears God. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him that... That man shall the Lord teach in the way that the Lord chooses. All right. So what, is, what do we mean by honor? I have a definition here um, about honor here. Honor is to ascribe value, worth, or weight to a person or a thing to the point that it impacts your thoughts, your attitudes, your behaviors, your priorities, and your patterns for living. Honor starts in the heart but affects every part. All right. So if I ascribe the right kind of value to something, to, the, to ascribe value, if I ascribe worth or weight to a person, then that thing that I ascribe value to impacts how I do all the other things in my life. Right? And then I say the acrostic definition that you saw there is that honor is holding the ordained in their necessarily and orderly reverence. Now, I ordain, I say ordinations are, are for positions, just not people. Pastor Dave, why do you say that? Because the position called president needs to be honored, even if the person in the position is not honorable. So even if I don't agree with their politics, what they're saying, even if I think they're using a pulpit like a bully pulpit to hurt people and not help them, I'm just telling my own personal thing. 
I still have to honor the position that they sit in. If I didn't vote for them, I don't agree with them, I still have to honor them, right? right? And uh, same thing could be true if I have a boss that I don't like. Now, I'm not telling you that you don't tell them where they're wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't, you know, I've had bosses and they told me to do stuff or they were rolling out stuff and they said, David, we kn I know you're gonna have a problem with this before we even get started. Okay, so my character is consistent enough that when you saw that you had to do this to the team, you already knew that Pastor David was gonna have an issue. And it wasn't cause, you know, I just, there's certain standards I have in my life. You know what I'm saying? And there were certain times I was like, <laughs> I was being reprimanded for something. And I told my, I told my director, I said, well, we got a problem. Cause if I had to do it again, I would do it again. Cause I did what I thought was right. Do you understand what I'm saying now? I wasn't being dishonorable, but I wasn't gonna, you, you see, um, there's some balance in this, but, but I at least had to honor the person because the Lord told me, <laughs> okay, you know, he's getting into your head enough that in your heart, you're starting to despise him. So there was a, a picture that, that that executive and Lady Nedra took on a trip when they were out of the country on a business trip. And so I did what, um, you know how they have a product and then they have a spokesman for that product. And cause you like the spokesman, you like the product. So I treated her like she was a spokesman for the product. So since I couldn't get my heart to like him, I had to look at the picture with him and her cause when I like her, then I can let some of that roll over on him. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, see, you got to do what you got to do. Now, see, that was secret information. You know, but the media uses that all the time. That's why they have celebrity spokesmen. Right? That's why your favorite basketball player show you his shoes. I'm just saying. Right? Celebrity spokesmen work on everything. So I just said... She's going to be my celebrity spokesman for him. And I would look at that picture. And somehow, my feeling for her would rub off over on him. Okay, all right. Now, you do it the way you want to. I'm just all telling right. you, that worked. Some people, like, by themselves, I'm like, Lord, Jesus, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> all right, so a quick definition of respect. Respect is to esteem the highly value or regard to reverence deeply to defer to out of inner conviction. I'm deferring, uh, I could do this on my own, but I'm gonna stop and pray because I got a conviction that if I trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not to my own understanding, if I acknowledge him, he will direct me. So I'm not gonna just rush off and do what I can do. I'm gonna slow down and hear, see if I can get some direction from God. Respect is the result of having weighed importance and value and ultimately, Resolving that something is critical to your life and success. I knew that even though we, me and this leader were having difficulty, that God was not going to give me a pass to let my heart get filled with hate. That's right. That's right. Even though I thought he was as wrong as three left shoes on his right foot, 
I knew that if I got my heart wrong with him, God's going to deal with me. So I had, to, I had to figure out that this is important. Whatever happens with him, this is important between God and me, right? When you respect something, you make provision for it, even within the daily, weekly, monthly, yearly regimens of your life. You find place to put something that's important. If prayer is important to you, you're going to find a place for it. Amen. Honoring God financially is important to you, you're going to find a place to get it done. Yes. Right? I, I don't, haven't found time for it. It's, it's not yet important to you. Yes. Right? All right. So, but we're not, I gave you a human example, Pastor Dave, why you do that? Because that's one of them secrets that God gave me. What I found out is when I started praying for the man, he was having his own troubles. You know, there is a saying, um, I won't say it the way it said, but it says things that are, things roll downhill. <laughs> You're not in industry, you need to ask somebody, Pastor David, not going to put that on tape. But there's stuff that starts at the top that's not good and it rolls down. And so when people feel like stuff is rolling on them, they roll stuff on other people right. beneath them. And I, I realized when I was praying for the man that he had issues bigger than me. Because <laughs> sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it feels like it's all about you, don't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes people got their own things. And the Lord has shown me that on more than one occasion, that I've had difficult times with leaders, and that leader was already having his own difficult time, and they didn't, and they don't always know how to separate you from what they're going through. Right? Ever heard the term "Mama happy, everybody happy"? Well, sometimes Mama not. Then <laughs> 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 the whole house is in turmoil. I'm just saying. <laughs> I see some hands going up in the back. Somebody. I got an agreement right there. All right, here's some lists. Quick measures, eight quick measures of respect for God, a framework. All right? Honor God with your treasure. Honor him financially. Honor him with your time. Set some time in your day. That's the thing that Lord's really challenged me. I, I had a good rhythm on it, and then I got out of my rhythm of just giving God some time in my day. Honor him with your talent. What gift has he given you? I acknowledge, first of all, that it came from God, and then I make it available to the service of God, to the service of his house. You know, one of my mentors, I told him what was going on at work, and I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a manager, and we about to go through these things and lay off people. And, and then one of my mentors said, well, David, that day you need to be a pastor at work. So here I am having to sit down with somebody, have a very difficult discussion, look them in the eye. I am praying for you. I'm available to you. As far as General Motors is concerned, our relationship has ended on the other side of the meeting you about to head to. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as God is concerned, I'm still here for you. I had to make myself available. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
All right. The fourth one there is honor God's truth, his word, his purpose. That's the why. The promise, what God said he's going to do, the principles, that's the how. The prophecies is where God shows you what he's ultimately going to get done with your life. Honor God's church. How do I honor it? I honor it, first of all, by coming to it. I honor it by speaking well of it. I honor it by contributing to it. I'm, I honor it by helping to maintain it, keep it clean, help it, help it be all that it can be. Sometimes it's the physical building. Sometimes it's the relationships with people in the church. I honor all of those things. I honor God's representatives. Honor the man or woman of God that speaks over your life. All right? Honor the gift that God gave you so that you could hear from him. Number seven, honor God's requests and rebukes. All right? The things that the calling of God on your life and his correction. I told the people today, I said, I can't remember. I taught, I taught Bible study at General Motors um, today um, in my monthly Bible study. And I told him, I said, I said, because I grew up in a house of ministry, I always had a sense that I was called to ministry. But just because I had a call to it didn't mean I, I necessarily wanted to do it all the time. And so I had to work with my will until I became willing. Okay? That's honoring the calling of God and honoring his correction. Some stuff God said, okay, you did this wrong. If you don't stop this, bad things will happen. Don't keep going down those roads. God told me, you know, and then People say that, and then they don't make any changes and say, the Lord told me that was going to happen. That's not to your benefit. You didn't make no change. I heard God. Clearly, you didn't hear him because you would have done something. All right? You thought it was the, the 10 suggestions. <laughs> that commandments. All right? Um, honor God, number eight. Honor God with your speech and conversation. There's a scripture in the book of um, Malachi, Malachi uh, chapter three, after the part about tithing, and I'm not here, it's not a tithing thing, but then it goes on to say, your words have been stout against me. Your words have been in opposition to me. And then it goes on to say, um, those that speak often of God, God hears them and writes a book of remembrance. Like, you, if you are a person that just in your normal conversation, talk to people and have an element of God in your conversation, it's like God gets on the side of your conversation and starts paying attention. And the scripture goes on to say that he writes a book of remembrance with your name on it. Let's see if I can find that one. Let's see, Malachi. Sorry, that wasn't my thing, but I'm going to just go with what the Lord's going with. Malachi chapter 3. Remembrance. Verse 13, Malachi 3.13. All right, 
Now, before this, they were saying we have robbed God, and this is not a this is not a thing. That's that's because I'm trying to give you a. This is not a run up to an offering, but give in Jesus' name, just so we clear. But look at it, um, verse 13, because we normally stop at, you know, Malachi 3, 9 and 10, and then open up the windows of heaven and pouring out and all of that other stuff. But look at verse 13. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and, and that we have walked as his mourners before the Lord of hosts? You said, I did all of this good stuff for God and it ain't working. The Bible calls that kind of talking harsh against God. All right. Verse 15. So now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Man, I'm serving God, and it's all and none of it's working for me. And then the the gangbanger, the, the slinger, the, the harmonger, all of them seem to be winning. You know, they I'm tithing and I'm broke, and they filthy rich. Yeah. See, see, he's saying. Like, you got to watch your words. You got to watch your words. All right? He said, see, that's not honorable in your words. Now, look at verse 16. This is the one. This is the one that I want to get to. And this is one of the things, one of my, my scriptures that, that are part of my, my confessions about God. Look at verse 16, Malachi 3, 16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remem rem remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. Man, verse 17, um, when I hear verse 17, there was this song Andre Crouch used to sing. They shall be mine, says the Lord. In the day when I gather up my jewels, they shall be mine. And I can hear, I can hear Andre Crouch singing it right now. Verse 17, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Verse 18, then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. In other words, what he's telling you is the jury is not in yet. Don't, don't jump too fast to think that the person who seems to be getting over is actually getting over. Keep your mouth off the process. You just keep doing right. I'm going to take care of them. There's going to day, there's going to come a day when it's going to be easily seen who was really on my side and who wasn't. I got to make sure that part of my framework for honoring God is honoring him with my speech and my conversation. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So I got uh, eight quick points from our, our scripture here in Psalm 25, 12 through 15. Number one, a person who has a life regimen of recognizable reverence 
is invited into special need-to-know teaching sessions with the master teacher himself. In other words, when I have a life, just like that scripture said in Malachi, God, there will be a day when judgment is in the land, and then there'll be people who look like they was really doing right, but then we're going to really know then. And in that day, God's going to do something special for the people who was really fearing him and honoring him. So a person who has a life regimen of recognizable reverence is invited into special need-to-know teaching sessions with the master teacher himself. All right? And I like to say it this way. Every reverential person is a believer, but not every believer is a reverential person. Some people only want fire insurance. All right? Number two, the, this master teaching is designed to move you from subsistence to survival to surplus to kingdom significance. Kingdom significance. So a person on subsistence means they can they they barely making it. They don't have enough to do what they need to do. Then. Then I move to survival. Lord, give me this day, my daily bread. Don't have enough for tomorrow, but I'm still make, I'm making it today. Then I honor the Lord with my substance and the first fruits of my increase. Then my presses are filled with plenty. My, 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 my bars are filled with plenty and my presses break out with new wine. Now I'm at a surplus place. And then I move to the point where God is able to make all grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency in all things and can abound to every good work. Now I got enough money to do whatever mission God give me. That's the way I should be believing. Now, um, if you still at the subsistence level, don't say it don't work. We just read that. Don't say I gave and it didn't work. Because see, then your words are being harsh against him and your words are canceling out the kingdom blessing that's working to help your seed produce harvest for you. Right? Now, this master teaching is designed to move you that way. Why? Because the scripture says that the, that the man who fears the Lord, the Lord teaches him in the way he chooses, he himself will dwell in prosperity. All right? Now, that word dwell there um, is the third level promise fulfillment of the covenant. In other words, um, you're, you got land, you inherit it, you inherit it, you possess it, and then you dwell in it, right? Inherited means the covenant transferred by blood right, possessing means addressing the enemy that may be squatting on your land. Dwell there means you're enjoying and experiencing peaceful possession and purposeful productivity of your promise. All right? So I'm going to dwell in prosperity. It is not, it's, God wants to get me past the point of saying that I have an inherited blood right because Jesus Christ died so that I could be rich. It, it starts there, right? I have an inherited right. 
I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. But then at, at some point, I got to do what Joshua did and go out against the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Mosquito Bites, too. At some point in time, I have to address those enemies. But once I address them, and sometimes I have to take my stand of faith in the financial area. I have to take my stand of faith in that financial area, and it may take some time. You know, um, I was at, uh, I was at, uh, recently I was over at uh, Apostle Lonnie Brown's The Kingdom of Heaven, and um, my other father in the faith, Dr. Mark T. Barkley, was there. And um, he talked about the fact that that church had a seat of authority. And the Lord really ministered to me. I, I believe that God is, has done that. Um, uh, with my apostle in the flesh, my mother in the faith in the flesh, here as well, but each time you transition authority, the enemy comes back to see, do you still got it? Right? You know, the enemy was certainly fought Bishop Thompson, but now that Pastor Matt's in there, the, bishop, the, the Lord, the devil's like, nah, I, don't, I know Bishop got this. I just need to check to see if you really got it. So what happens is, like, the enemy has, this is the way, this is the way Dr. Barkley said it, and it really, it, it ministered to me um, strong enough that I got to really go back and process. He says, you know, devils have seats of authority. Right On Sunday, we talked about the enemy going out. They have a house, and then they go out into the dry places, and, and then they come back to the house. Right, They have a seat of authority. We're going to read in Revelation um, that one of the church, I think it was the Pergamum, it says that you're where Satan's seat is. And he says, when you do spiritual warfare, you knock the enemy off the seat. Knock him off the seat. Well, then he comes back and sits back on it. He knock, you knock him down. He sits back on it. You knock him down. He sits back on it. Eventually, you knock him down enough that he says, I'm going to just leave that one alone. It's just better for me to leave him alone. Then you have the seat of authority. All right? Do you see? That's how we have to. That's what you're going to have to do in your home. He's been attacking your family in that area. You're going to have to knock him down. And he's going to come back and keep knocking him down. Eventually, he's going to recognize it's just better for him to go to somebody else's house. Your house, this is too much. You know what? He know that you know what you're doing. Now, every once in a while, he's going to test you just to make sure you haven't, you didn't get lazy or get sleepy. Right? And see if he can't slip in on you while, while you're napping. But then you then have the seat of authority. Okay. Um, now, why is that important? Because God's teaching, the master teaching that he wants to give you is designed to get you to the place where you can peacefully possess the thing that he's given you and, and be purposefully productive in the promise. And that kind of teaching wasn't just for you only, right? Number three says, as your decision moves to a discipline, it will produce a destiny doctrine that becomes a dynasty, right? So what did verse, 
13 says, he himself shall dwell in prosperity. His descendants shall inherit the earth. All right? Now, you know, you will know how to do it. If you stay with the master teaching that God has given to you, you will know how to do it at an understanding level, not just knowledge of what the Bible says, not just wisdom on how to apply it to your situation, but understanding meaning you've gotten, you've not only known what the word said, you applied it and you got the benefit of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a reason, there's a lot of preachers could come in here and tell us the thing that Bishop Thompson tells us, but if I got a person who's produced a mega church and then his son went off and started another one, I want to listen to that dude. I'm just saying. In other words, he dwelt in prosperity, and now his seed is inheriting the earth. Right? That's what, that's, that for me says that we can be a destiny generation. We can do something and have so much understanding and how it works that the generation behind us will know things that we know, and then they'll just push it further. All right? You will know how to teach your children to do what you do with the credibility that empowers them to believe you and follow what you're saying. All right, number four, God provides secret inside information to those who reverence him, right? That is from our core scripture, that is verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. He has secret inside information for the person who reverences him. Now, number five, I'm giving you my acrostic definition for secret. Secret is secure executive communications requiring exact, explicit transmission. Ah, let's talk about this one. Because you were born again on a battlefield, God has to encrypt data that he gives to you so that it cannot be stolen by the world, by worldly people, or by the God of this world. God has secrets for you. And what he shows you, nobody else knows how to do. And he has ways to communicate to you that if you don't blab your big mouth, will bless you before the enemy even has a chance to get at you. Pastor Dave, why you say blab your big mouth? Because that's what Joseph did. He told, his, he told his dream before it was time. All right? It's executive information because it, require, it is required for your leadership assignment within the kingdom and to whom much is given, much is required. It's communications because... God knows how to get information to you in ways that you can understand. How can I hear the voice of God? Listen, God knows how to talk to you in the way you understand. Now, um, if, you, if you're used to hearing God with these and thou's, he's going to talk to you in these and thou's. Not because the these and thou's, he need them, but because you need them. Because you think God talks in King James English. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not mad. You know, if you need to hear God come to you and say, thus saith the Lord. Um, one time, you know, 
I had been burning the candle at both ends, and I said, Lord, I'm believing you. Now, some of y'all don't believe God, and it worked. So I'm just going to tell you what he said to me. I'm not, telling, I'm not telling you what he said to you. I'm telling you what he said to me. Lord, I'm believing, you know, I'm going to sleep a very short amount of time and get eight hours of sleep. And I heard the Holy Ghost laugh on the inside of me. I heard him laugh. And he was like, no, he gives his beloved sleep. Now, not all of that burning the candle was stuff I had to do. Some of that was just me wasting my time and then asking God to, to you understand what I'm saying? Sabbath rest is God's principle. Okay. Now, you might have had a no nose dust set. No, he just laughed. But I understood the laugh. Like, <laughs> nah, we're not going out like that. Now, see, for me, that worked. I didn't, I, you know, that's been... That's been years ago, and I still remember it. It worked, right? He spoke to me in the language that I can understand, right? It's exact communication, and God requires explicit transmission because not one jot or tittle of this word will pass away, and you have to be strong so that you can do all that is written in, in the law of God. All right, so, so please believe when you're in difficult situation, there is an exact answer that God is giving to you. That's why this is part of our seeking the Lord for 2019. You know, no matter what I'm going through, there's some exact answers that God got for me. I don't have to act like, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. No, no, no. I know what we're going to do. Until we know what to do, we're going to see God. My eyes are focused on the Lord because he's going to pluck my feet out of the net. Right? I know that the deliverer is coming for me. You see how David said that? I know he's coming for me. My eyes are on him. I'm not going to freak. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let myself get all worked up to the point that I can't still myself to hear God. My eyes are focused on him because he's going to pluck my feet out of the net. Number six, the inner workings of the covenant are now open to you because you reverence God because God is the master teacher, he's going to show you inner things in the covenant. Now, some people are going to say it's not like that, but they don't have the secrets you've got. Don't be surprised when you get secret information that other people, even Christians, who don't have the same level of reverence that you do, is going to tell you it don't work like that, and it don't take all of that. How do you know what, how, how do you know you don't take all of that? Then you look at their life and like, no, no, no. If the blind lead the blind, we both going to fall into the ditch. I'm looking at what you got and I don't want to go where you going. I remember when I was a young teenager, I don't know why the Lord wanted me to tell my teenage stories, but you know, um, I had, I had friends and stuff in church and, they parents were saved. <laughs> All I can say is they parents were saved. You know, um, but they was cool, and I wanted to be cool like them. It seemed like they had all of the girls and stuff and all of this, and I was this awkward, dorky, nerdy, you know, dark-skinned guy that everybody made fun of. <laughs> well, hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> And so it seemed like they had everything that I wanted. 
so for a while, I was trying to talk like them. I was trying to walk like them because I feel like I would be cool like they and if I, if I just talk like that. And then after a while, I kind of had a, a self-realization. I said, and I have been spending time in Proverbs, and it talks about watch the company you keep and how the people that you hang around with, you, whatever they get will come upon you. And then I, 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 all of a sudden, I saw myself step back from my situation, and then it's like almost like I had an out-of-body experience, and I stepped outside of myself, and then I started talking to myself. I said, self, look at them. I said, they're on a road someplace. And if they stay on the road, they're going to get to where they're going. And if you follow them, you're going to get to where they're going too. And then I said to myself, I don't want to go there. All of a sudden, I stopped being blind. I was on my way to falling into their ditch because I was following their pattern of behavior. But something in my reverence got God to give me some secret information at the level that I could understand it. And all of a sudden, I was just like, why am I following them? All of a sudden, I got happy being in my own skin. And then the world changed. And all of them girls in high school that didn't pay any attention to me when I was on the college campus was all like, hey, hey. <laughs> it all changed. But God gave me some information. And he had to communicate. He couldn't, now see, he couldn't come talk to me like apostle talk. He had to talk to me in my language. Because I'd have just turned it off. That's just mine. I would have turned it off. But he came and talked to me in a way that I could get it. And all of a sudden, I saw it. So when I progressed forward 10, 20, 30 years later, and I see the lives of some of the people that I was following versus my life, I'm like, I'm not surprised. I knew that they were headed there. The Lord showed me that. Now, see, I wasn't a minor prophet back then. I didn't know nothing about spiritual gifts. I didn't know nothing about all of that stuff. But the Lord showed me they headed someplace. Do you understand what I'm saying? God can communicate to you in a language you can understand and tell you how to move forward. The inner workings of the covenant are open to you. Verse uh, number seven, when you live a life of reverence, you will, you just have to look to the Lord. Wisdom, a plan of action, angelic intervention, and strength to endure until change comes are on the way. My eyes are on the Lord. It simply requires me to focus on God. My eyes are on the Lord. He's going to pluck my feet out of the net. Right? I know that God's going to get me out of this. How do I know? Because I'm in it. He wouldn't let me get into it without first showing me the way out of it. All right? And so that's 
my confidence in the Lord. And then finally, 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 my focus definition, my classic definition of the word focus. Focus is fixation. Fixation, when you're fixated on something, it's like your eyes are stuck and they can't move. Focus is observation. There could be a lot of stuff happening in the room, but then they say, focus on that object. Ever had the doctor, hey, look at the light, and then they're, they're doing this in the background. They point, their, their finger is moving, but they say, keep your eye focused to observe that one thing. Focus is observation. Focus is also concentration. When I'm focused, I'm concentrating. And concentration doesn't just mean um, my mental powers. I can concentrate resources. I'm putting all my money, I'm putting all my chips over here. That's a focus thing. I'm focusing my resource to this one problem. Sometimes it seems like the enemy is hitting me on a bunch of different areas. And it seems like stuff is happening all at the same time. Like, people don't understand, listen, I, I knew, like, even when the thing hit our household, they hit our household, I wasn't, like, freaking out, freaking out, but I was just like, God, this is hitting over here. And while that was happening, it seemed like, you, you know, that Job thing happened when one thing is coming out the door, the next thing is coming in. And I'm starting to say, what in the what is going on? And I'm like, God, now I, I'm, I, I'm not freaking out like I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to do what I tell y'all to do. That's what I'm going to do. But in the middle of it, I was still feeling it. But I have to then start to seek the Lord because even though it seems like things are coming in all direction, there is one thing that the Lord wants me to do. And when I hit that one thing, everything else will move. My enemies come out against me one way and flee in all seven directions. So I, it seems like the enemy is everywhere, but there's one thing that God wants me to do. And I got to be sensitive to figure out that or to see God, to hear what that one thing is. Yeah. Sometimes we just do a little bit over here and a little bit over there and a little bit over there. And then, you know, that's not, that's not how your answer is working. So you have to steal yourself and say, God, it looks, it looks like the enemy is trying to hit me on all sides, but it's really not. There's some one thing that if I hit that, then I'll knock him back on every side. Show me what that one thing is. Concentration, utilization, okay? Um, I have a certain skill and I focus on that. I utilize that. Something that the Lord has told me, um, you'll see that over the last couple months that uh, at least once a month, I'm trying to be active in praise and worship ministry wasn't because Minister John and the team aren't doing a great job. It's just that the Lord told me, he said, listen, you're not one of those preachers who gets to graduate and not, who graduates and delegates worship. You know, there's a lot of great preachers who did worship and then, you know, it was something that they was passing through. You know, um, I, just, I just thought about who came to mind. Bishop Edgar Van in Detroit, second Second um, Ebenezer, second Eb, right? Second Eb. And um, 
He was the organist. So there's a lot of these people now. You see him now. He's a great preacher, great teacher, but you don't, I've never seen him in the music stuff. And not that he have to. He got a great church, but the Lord told me, you can't do that. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. I just have to, I got secret information on, on Pastor David's assignment. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And so just because other people can grow up and delegate and then move on and they don't have to do it no more, don't mean I can do that. And then the Lord said, okay, all right, you check that one off. You're active. You got songs you're learning. You're doing your thing. You, you know, leading, doing that. But that's not enough. I need, I need some worship time at home, too, not just practice for worship at church. You know, because sometimes worship leaders can just spend more time practicing than worshiping. You know, we practice to lead y'all in. You know, and then we practice, and practice is good, and diligence is good, and excellence is good. But, but practice is not the same thing as us getting worshiping God ourselves. Any more than preparing sermons is me eating the word myself. I can't spend all my time preparing for y'all. That's not the same thing as me going home and eating. Right? I mean, it's not. It, well, you go home and cook all of the meals and don't eat none. Sooner or later, you're going to die, and everybody else is going to be fed. Okay? So the same thing is true spiritually. So the Lord is telling me something. Now, see, for me, for you, that that, but he's telling me that focus means I got to utilize the gift to connect with him in my own personal worship. Not just preparing to come here to do something for the church. Now, see, for me, that was, uh, that was some secret inside information. Right, and then focus is also scrutinization. When I scrutinize something, if I scrutinize, I'm looking at it very closely. I'm seeing the minute details. God wants me. There's stuff that I'm going to spend time in. Now, see. When you're getting this kind of information from God, don't expect everybody to understand it. It's not for them to understand. It's not the information. He wasn't talking to them. Right? So you have to be sensitive to the unique thing that God is telling only you. Because he's giving you inner workings. Some people because they don't have the level of reverence you have, it'll just go over their head. And you can't spend your time trying to convince people what God is telling you to do. Stop going around taking votes on the voice of God. I heard God say this, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Now listen, that's not the same thing as not getting counsel, right? We talked about Mary was sent to an Elizabeth. But she wasn't sent to all them other girls at the synagogue. (laughs) (laughs) Straight talk, she wasn't even sent to Joseph. She wasn't. Go back and read it. So there was something that God told her, and he told her who could help her. 
He told her where the environment was that would help her birth her destiny. All right? So when you're in a mode like this, everybody can't tell you something. But if no, now we balance because if nobody can't tell you something, then God can't use people and we're a body. But listen, don't, don't, don't expect everybody to get what he's telling you to do. Right. What what you should expect is he's going to give me an instruction that I can understand. He's the master teacher so he can speak to me in my language. Yes. OK, if I'm reverencing him, he can speak to me in my language. Yes. I can hear him. I can hear his voice and I can know what to do. Right? Yes. And the people who need to, to, people who really need to understand, they will get it. They, they might not be able to tell you, but they will at least confirm it and agree with you. Yes. But when you're walking through a narrow place, God's got to speak it to you for yourself. Somebody say amen. All right. So what I'm when I'm challenging you from this scripture is to believe that there are revelations reserved for the reverential. That God's that respect and reverence for God opens up to you specific, 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 not general instruction, specific, hidden instruction. I don't know who this word is for. That's just general. Then you just throwing something on. <laughs> I don't know who this is for. <laughs> Pastor David, why you? Because see, this is sometimes I'm, I'm all for the charismatic. I believe in prophecies and all of that. But then sometimes people just throw stuff out. They just shotgun blast this stuff out. And seeing what can stick. I don't know who this word is for. Then don't say it. Let's see, I can't say that. They not, they not, I'm not their master. They not, they not, you know, but I have to be careful because some people use things, they, they're, they're fishing. And then when you give them the right emotional cue, you cry on cue, then they say, okay, I didn't hit them. Then they just start going down the aisle that keeps stirring up your emotion. So it'll open up your pocketbook. Anyway, <laughs> respect and reverence allows us to see deeper and experience more of God's covenant. Covenant is the guiding principles of my partnership with God. Focus and intentionality is the key to experiencing the power of partnership. I got to be intentional. I'm going to have to take time. That's why we said is there any afflicted among you? Let that person pray. That's not the time to just, you know, get your retail therapy. Retail therapy is not going to fix your problem. It can't make your problem worse. Comfort food may taste good going in, but it's going to hang around. It's going to, it's going to, you're going to, you're going to wear them layers for a minute. All right. I want to do something that'll actually move me forward. And I'm going to have to be intentional about it. 
God will give me need-to-know information, all right? Did that bless you today? Yes. Amen, amen. I really felt the Lord challenging me to challenge us to believe God to give us the inside information that we need. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, and it, it comes in seasons just like it comes to you. I'm in a season that everything I'm teaching is being tested. And that's all right. I know the word's good, and I'm going to do what I... <laughs> I'm not going to tell y'all to do it and not do it. So I can, I'm going to pass this test. No, we're going to be good. You know, you know, some of it shook me for a minute, my emotions. I got in my feelings. Jesus, are you with me? Yeah, I got in my feelings like you get in your feelings. Um... My eyes are on the Lord, though. He's going to pluck my feet out of the net. No, this, uh, uh-uh. I ain't going down. No, uh-uh. right, that's there's information for me. So my word, if you sent me packing today, I know I did what God told me to do. God, you tell me, you got to be careful. No, 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 no. I don't work for them. I work for God. And if he sends me on, there's another place he's sending me to. So I, well, I, I have a certain, when everybody walking on eggshells, I'm still got my swagger with me, baby. I just, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm not trying to, but I, I know in whom I have believed. Does that, does that make sense? I, 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 can't, I can't walk like people that don't have hope because I got hope. fully persuaded that he that's begun a good work in me will complete it. And the thing that I put in his hand, he's going to keep it against that day. What day? The difficult day. The evil day. I want you to have that kind of confidence too. Now, if the Lord starts to challenge you about some areas and starts to correct you on some things that you're not showing enough reverence in him, don't ignore that. He's trying to answer your request. It may seem unrelated, but there is no coincidence. You know, I'm asking God to heal, and he starts talking to me about forgiveness. That's the same conversation. They may look unrelated to you, but he's, he's actually answering you. So please take the time. To sense what God is telling you and then act on what you're sensing. Well, praise the Lord. I'm so glad those of you that are with us online.